Welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, a conversation where you join David and Reese at the table as they talk about the many questions of life, whether you're in the car, at the gym, or just distracting yourself from being productive. Why don't you pull up a chair? We're glad you're here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Hey Dad Podcast, where you join us at the table as we talk about the many questions of life. There is actually a table here in front of us, I promise. I'm Reese. I'm David. He's my dad. And we're going to go ahead and jump in with the question of the day. So, Padre. Yes. What's the worst job you ever had? I've had several worst jobs. Um, Probably the one that is the most memorably worse is I worked in a shrimp factory Mm. for a day or two. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine, his family owned a shrimp factory. It was pretty horrible. Yeah. Uh, it sounds I wore, horrible. I wore jeans, which mm-hmm. is not the best thing to wear because they got wet and they sagged and it was just, it was horrible. And I may have talked about it before. I don't know. But uh, it made me realize I love school. I want yeah. to go to school. Yep. I want to get a job that's in air conditioning and yep. not at a shrimp factory. Yeah. Um, it was hard work. I mean, I wasn't above the hard work. It was just miserable because mm-hmm. you go from a cold room to not cold. You're wet. And by the end of the day, you smell mm-hmm. gross. Just I love terrible. shrimp. I just didn't want to work in a shrimp factory. So that, that to me is probably my worst job. Yeah. I love shrimp too. Shrimp is uh, a it's wonderful, wonderful seafood. Is. If you haven't had it, please do for your own sake. <laughs> yeah. Man, I have had a lot of great jobs, actually. I would say probably my worst job wasn't one I got paid for necessarily mm-hmm. i like did some volunteer cleanup back when i was younger for hurricane katrina and oh, we yeah. had to move this meat freezer and because it had gotten hit with the hurricane waters of katrina and been unplugged been festering yep for months when we had to open that thing to clean it out i almost threw up like mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not a person that just naturally wants yeah, to throw up when i'm yeah. grossed out that's not me i'm not one of the persons like oh my gosh i saw blood i'm gonna yeah. throw up now but that smell whoo i i don't think i've ever smelt anything that bad in my life yeah um so cleaning that out was very unique our deep freezer you weren't there when i cleaned it i drug it out to the street and because it had been like a couple weeks mm-hmm. we had been out and came back the, the juice in it literally mm. stained our concrete driveway. <laughs> oh my gosh. It, when I, when I drug it out, some of the stuff spilled out of one of the little holes and it literally ate through some of the concrete. And I was like, that's nasty. Am, it was, it was disgusting. I am Absolutely. concerned. Yeah. I am genuinely concerned yeah, at that. It was, it was bad. Oh my goodness. But needless to say, I think, uh, We've been blessed with our full-time jobs. Yes, we have. For sure. And so, so, yeah, we, we, we haven't had to deal with those things long-term. No, no. Praise the Lord. All right, guys. So the topic of the day, we talked about it last week, but we're jumping into it now, is the idea of setting your priorities, mm-hmm. how to do that. Yeah. And today we're going to be giving you two main keys for setting your priorities. I think uh, that if you don't mind just kind of recapping for those yeah. people who either 
forgot about what happened last week or didn't get to check last week's episode out, just give us a quick talk about why priorities are so important. Yeah, priorities are how you implement your values. So what we talked about last week was the importance of having values. Mm -hmm. And when you have values, you're actually choosing how you want to live. And so you have to set that first, but then you have to go to the next part, which is prioritizing, because that's how you implement your values. You can say you have values, but if you don't live them out, they're not really values. So priorities are kind of the mechanism of you implementing your values. You mm-hmm. say, this is important to me, so I'm going to prioritize this. Mm-hmm. And and so that's why they go together, values and priorities. Yeah. A lot of people confuse them. They're like, which one's which? You, you start with value because you value something, and then you prioritize based on those values. Yeah. It prioritizes kind of answering the question of how much do I value this? Yeah. And then how am I going to live that out? Yeah. In like a normal everyday scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is true. That's probably the way that I would that I'd say it. So once again, we got two big keys for you that is gonna equip you with the tools to set your values mm-hmm. and set your priorities to line up with those. So one, you have to start establishing your values and priorities with timeless truth. You have to start with yeah. with truth that has been tested by mm-hmm. time. Not just a theory, not just a thought. Uh, Dad, why do you think that it's so important that we start with a truth that is outside of ourselves? Mainly because when when it gets into something that's within us, we're very good at talking ourselves into a lot of things. It's true. You know, some of the people who've been like the worst in history, you know, mm-hmm. you take um, Stalin or Mao in China, between the two, uh, probably killed over 100 million people. Mm. People don't talk about that. They talk about the the Jews, uh, World War II, which is still horrible. But communism, they really believed what they were doing was right. Mm -hmm. They really believed that this is the best thing. And so they chose to allow or to kill or allow people to die, either through starvation or they, they killed them literally. So, so they did that really thinking I'm right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was what they thought. Mm-hmm. It wasn't right. And that's why we need a truth that's outside of us because we can be wrong. We yeah. can convince ourselves of stuff. Yeah. You know, you see people wearing things at Walmart and you're like, did they not look at a mirror? Did mm-hmm. they think, you know, yeah. it's just some of those things you're like, that doesn't look good. You may think it looks good. If you've ever seen some of the uh, fashion runway shows, mm-hmm. you're like, who wears that? <clears throat> yeah. It's just goofiness, but they think it's great. And that's where timeless truths help us kind of, it gives us that filter yeah. to where, okay, am I am I right on this? Yeah. But when it's something timeless, it's above you, it's outside of you, and that helps you kind of go, okay, this is a real thing. Yeah, and we are coming from the place that truth is objective. Yeah. Truth is. truth is not something that you can establish for yourself. No. Um now you can do whatever you want. That's what free will means. Yeah. You can go like and just go for it pretty much on anything. But that doesn't mean that it's good yeah. and that doesn't mean that it's right. You know, you can tell yourself, "Man, the best thing I could do right now is murder a bunch of people." Yeah. And you you can go do that probably. Yeah. However, is that good? Mm-hmm. No. Is that right? 
No. no. Is that the best answer? Even if you think it is, it's not. Yeah. So that's the fundamental place we're coming from when we're having this conversation. Yeah. Um, and I think we should just jump in. The first and most important source of timeless truth is going to be scripture. It is. Um, every time. Mm-hmm. Um, scripture beats I, everything. Everything. It, it really, it really does. does. I don't care who comes up to you. Yeah. And says something as if it doesn't line up with what God says, sorry. Well, it's kind of like, you know, if I want to fix my car or if I want to fix something, if you go to the person who designed it, if you go to the person who maybe wrote the manual on it or made Mm -hmm. the YouTube video on how to do it, Mm -hmm. they're going to know the most about what the best thing to do is. Right. God created us. So scripture tells us how to live meaning it's the best way. Mm-hmm. And if you look throughout history, whenever the Bible has been really followed correctly. Correctly is a key word there. Keyword. Um, there's been a lot of abuse of it, and I'm not lying because we're, we're human. We mess up. Mm-hmm. But when people follow it right, it uplifts everybody in society. Yeah. In fact, if you look at really what made Western civilization grow so much and, and flourish so much was the belief of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Scripture was the foundation of a lot of that. And as we've gotten yep. away from that, we see the detriment to mm-hmm. our world. But it is. It's a timeless truth. It's outside of us. It's it's lasted since the beginning. Yeah. You know, it's been attacked. It's been maligned. People, I think Voltaire said that in 100 years, the Bible will be forgotten. And 100 years later, I think where he lived was a home of some Bible society. Yeah. Which to me is kind of ironic. Um but it's one of those things that, you know, it has stood the test of time. Yeah. And we've seen that when scripture is properly applied, um, not abused, not messed up, but when it's mm-hmm. properly applied, it really does help your life do better. Yeah. And even if people say, well, I don't believe in God. If you still live by the Ten Commandments, you're going to live a much better life. If you just take the Ten Commandments, nothing else, and you say, I'm going to live the Ten Commandments. You don't have to believe in God. It's just a better way to live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think a lot of people would use the reasoning of like, man, so many people have abused the Bible. I just mm-hmm. don't even want to mess with it. But when you approach it, like you said, on its terms, yeah. instead of on your own terms, because a lot of those people that approach the Bible were wanting it to to uh, really back up their own opinion. Exactly. You know, people were going into it being like, well, it says that I should accure money for myself and use people for my good. And it says the opposite of that, actually. It does. But but they'll just twist it, you Mm -hmm. know, Um, in the same way that on the news, they'll take like two sentences of a person's speech and make them sound like they're saying something that they weren't saying at all. People do that with the Bible all the time. And so we have to learn to approach scripture on its terms. Mm -hmm. So if you want to let scripture define your values, I would really encourage a a good free resource known as the Bible Project. The Bible Project is a nonprofit organization that's literally their whole goal is to help people engage with scripture better. I think we can put a link to it in our show notes. Yeah, we can. But they have a video series uh, called How to Read the Bible. It's literally a bunch of like five minute YouTube videos mm-hmm. and it sets you up for success on how to approach scripture. Yeah. Because here's why I think a lot of people don't engage with scripture as well. It was written 2000 years ago. Yeah. And it was written for a Near Eastern culture mm-hmm. in ancient times. 
And so we have to do a little bit of legwork in our day yeah. in order to get back to like approaching scripture through their lens. Yeah. What it was meant for. <clears throat> exactly. But when you do that, I promise you, I promise you a whole new world will open up to you. Yeah. A whole new world of what the Bible can mean, of what it can communicate, and then how it can change your life and establish your values in a way that's going to lead to success. Yeah. And it's going to give you a better life. It just is. It's 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 the number one way to live better. And and better's not easier. No. Better's not more convenient. No. Better's not the American dream. Mm-mm. Better is something more than that. Well, it's it's really bringing purpose and meaning to your life and that's what a lot of people don't think about. You know, the Bible helps you establish your life on what's meaningful. Yeah. What what's real purpose. And and so I think that's a powerful thing for people to grab a hold of. Yeah. I mean, to quote scripture, um, in the book of Proverbs, which is all about seeking God's wisdom, it talks about how God created the world mm-hmm. and he wove his wisdom into the fabric of the whole thing. Yeah. So God's wisdom underlies everything in our world. Really so does. when you do not adhere to his wisdom and you do things your own way, it's like taking something that somebody made and using it for an entirely different purpose. Yeah. It's like taking, you know, uh, a car and deciding like, hey, I'm going to use this to live in as a house. Yeah. I'm going to put my bathroom right here. I'm yeah. going to go to the bathroom right there. I'm going to sleep right there. Like you can. Yeah. It's just not the way it was designed. Yeah. And so only when you live life as it's been designed, mm-hmm. can you really live in a way that gives you benefits not only here, but for eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other area besides scripture I would look at is look at people's example of who've lived well. Yeah. You know, people who have have lived, you know, they've written books. There's a lot of wisdom out there yeah. that people have. And, and there's people all over. You know, you can read some of the ancients. You can read people today. Um, you just want to get those people who've really kind of gone through life, right. not just people who, you know, at 22 decided, I know the answers to everything. Right. Um, because you don't, none of us do at 22. No. Um, and you don't, as you get older, you just have more experience. And I think experience is something that if you can get it free, mm-hmm. reading is how you do that. Mm-hmm. Listening to someone who's older, wiser, you get a lot of free wisdom, which is what the Bible gives us. But there's other sources mm-hmm. out there of people you can be like, I like him. You know, like mm-hmm. we talked a couple of weeks ago about John Maxwell. You know, yeah. he's written a ton of books, a lot of free wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if you apply that, it can help you. And there's people out there who've done all kinds of things that we can learn from, mm-hmm. you know, who ancient, you know, mm-hmm. hundreds, thousands of years ago. Or even 50, 100 years ago. Yeah. No, that's very true. And there's that quote of like, learning from your own experience is good, mm-hmm. but learning from somebody else's is better. Yeah, you can avoid mistakes because yeah. other people have made it, yep. uh, both through reading or through having conversations with people who have lived life. Yep. And that's the key right there. You need to seek wisdom from people who have lived life and lived it well. Yeah. You need to seek people who have that life experience mm-hmm. instead of like you said, the 22 year old, like there's this person on Instagram <clears throat> that he's like a, he's a millionaire uh-huh. and he has his own business and he's 24 and okay. he's a, he's a Christian. Yeah. And so he, he'll like post these things of like, you know, 
how I got to this at this age as a Christian or how I found the love of my life doing this. And like, no offense, but I've never read any of his stuff, even though it pops up on my ads because I'm like, dude, you're 24. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah. Like you, you know how to make money and and that's, you know, I'll get, I'll get advice from you, but on that, in that front, but finding the love of your life and living that well, you don't know, you know? Yeah. And that's, I'm not trying to to badmouth him particularly. I'm just saying there's a principle, like for some reason, our culture really emphasizes young people. It does. Well, our society worships young people. And I think some of the societies, especially like in the East where they, they kind of revere older people, they revere wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom to that (laughs) because, because older people have lived life and they, they've kind of figured out some things that have worked, things that haven't. I'm not saying every older person is wise. Some older people are bitter. Yeah, it's true. But you can learn from them too, because you can learn what not to do, what attitudes not to have. Um, But older people, they've just kind of been there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it would be good for us to really kind of listen and go, okay, maybe they don't understand technology like we do. But what do they know about life that I don't know? Exactly. And that's where sometimes we need to kind of slow down and go, okay, I'm going to listen to what they said. You know, this writer wrote this 100 years ago. How does it affect me? Mm -hmm. Or they wrote this 2,000 years ago. How does it affect me? Well, it comes from their experience. They've lived the life. They've made, you know, like the Bible. The Bible tells you the good people do, Mm -hmm. tells you the bad people do. Mm -hmm. You can learn from that. You can learn and say, okay, Solomon did a lot of great things. But then later in life, he kind of not didn't do so hot. Yep. We can learn from that. And um, and even Solomon teaches that about yeah. what's really important. And so I think we need to find those people, those situations that we can kind of pull into mm-hmm. and say, hey, help me learn, help me grow. Yeah. And actually, our second value is or our second tool that yeah. you can use is something that I got from a book. Mm-hmm. I was reading the book Today Matters by John Maxwell, which is the um, talking about the importance of living today well. Yeah. Because today's all you have. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about values. So it's funny that we actually hit this topic because yeah, I, I read his stuff like a week or two ago. Oh, wow, that's great. But so copy paste took these questions yeah. and we wanted to give them to you because it, yeah. these are things I'm asking myself mm-hmm. currently. They're good questions. And and I would encourage you to ask these too. Um, the three questions, I'm going to give them all to you up front, and then we're going to dive into each just for a second. Okay. One, what is required of me? Two, what gives me the greatest return? And three, what is the most rewarding? Mm-hmm. Let's hit that first question. What yeah. is required of me? Why do you think that's a good first question before the other two? Because I think a lot of times we we don't look at the big picture of things. Hey, can you do this? Sure, I can do that. But we're not really what's really required of me. Right. And and I think when it looks at your job, your family, and your your values and priorities, those require something of you. Yep. Like if you want to have a good marriage, it's required of you to, okay, I need to invest in my mm-hmm. life. I need to invest in my marriage. So I, I think those are the things we really need to kind of think bigger picture and just not so in the moment. Yeah. And I think the other element is there are things that are required of us that are not glamorous. Yep. Like if you own a home, there's a long list of things that's required of you that honestly, you don't care that much about. You just want to have a home, you know? Yeah. So 
there is that category. And if we neglect that, mm -hmm. we can become irresponsible because we're so busy answering the other two questions yeah. that, that we forget that. Yeah, I think that's good. Number two, what gives me the greatest return? Mm -hmm. um, man, John Maxwell talks a lot about staying in your strength zone. Yeah. Talks about we, we all have strengths. Mm -hmm. We all have giftings that God's given us. We all have things that he's put in our heart that we not only do well, but enjoy doing. Yeah. So what, what's kind of, since you've lived a little bit of life, mm -hmm. what are some things that have helped you discover some of those strengths? Well, I think there's all kinds of gift tests and things you can do. And, and I, I don't knock any of them. I think they're all good. The more you learn about yourself, the, the, I think the better you can apply that to your life. The danger is if you get so into those that you, oh, I can only do this. I think the key, though, is to really look at, okay, what are my strengths? And then owning them. For me, for a long time, I felt bad about the things I wasn't good at. Right. And I always tried to get better at what I wasn't good at mm -hmm. instead of really focusing on what I am good at. Mm -hmm. Not that you don't, you know, like if there's something that's really bad, you need to fix. Right. If it's hurting you. Yeah. If it's hurting you, you got to deal with it. And a lot of times you get help. Mm -hmm. But then when you really focus on what am I good at, that's what people get paid the big money for. Like Steve Jobs, mm -hmm. we pay him to do Apple. You know, when Apple came out, it was his baby. Now, Steve was not good at a lot of things. He wasn't good. He really wasn't a good father and had issues with relationships and all this other stuff. But he was really good at running Apple. Mm -hmm. And But even then, there was a time where the Apple board kicked him out. Mm -hmm. And he had to go through all that. But he got brought back for his strengths. And I think for us is, what am I good at? Yes. And really looking at it and not worrying so much about what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. The great resource we mentioned last week for mm -hmm. discovering what you love and what you're good at is the Working Genius Assessment. They yeah. have a, a book and an assessment that you can take. I think the assessment's 25 bucks, yeah, and it's only it. like a 10, 15-minute assessment, but it will open your eyes. It really not is only, awesome. Yeah, it opens your eyes not only to what you're good at, mm -hmm. but why you need a team, Yeah, why you need other people, because the fact is we're all only good at certain things. Yeah. Um. But we won't spend too much time bogged down on yeah. that because we don't have yeah. too much time left. So my third question is, what is the most rewarding? What do you love? What mm -hmm. matters to you? It's a great question. I think we don't give ourselves permission to ask it, but we should. We should because God gave you those things. Yeah. And the truth is, is like he gave those things to you for a purpose. You know, if you really love helping people through hard times. Yeah. And you're really good at talking with people and listening. Well, that may point you towards counseling, That's you know, or let's say you absolutely love checking off a to-do list and you're a clean freak. Yeah. Well, maybe you should go into some kind of professional cleaning thing. And yeah. that's because that's one thing that's fulfilling for you that would not be fulfilling for somebody else. Yeah. And that's where we have to like the working genius helped me with this. Is yeah. Like what, what I may love to do which is coming up with new ideas and asking big questions and contemplating life. Yeah. The person next to me may despise. They may hate that. They may hate it. Yeah. So the fact is God wired you for a reason. Yep. And you can, you can do that when establishing your priorities. What do I yeah. love? That's, exactly. that's the last question, but it is yeah. important. It is. Cause you know, let's say you've got a family, you've got kids, you've got bills you're paying, but you absolutely love music. Mm -hmm. You love playing music. You love writing music. Well then, 
that should, you know, God didn't give that to you on accident. Yeah. You know, maybe that's using it for your local church or using it for your yeah. local community to teach kids that's or, point. you know, whatever that may be. Yeah. Those three questions can help you clarify your priorities. They really can. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into the questions of the day. One, how do I know which values to pick? Yeah, we talked about values last week. And I think really, if you look at what we talked about today in the priorities, the timeless truths, if you're going to if you're going to pick your values, you really want to go with timeless truth values, because those are the big picture. And of yes. course, I think you pick them from scripture. What does scripture say is important? What does scripture say is valuable? Mm -hmm. That's an easy start for you to say, okay, I'm going to make that a value in my life. I'm yes. going to make that something important. And then you kind of go from there and, and you can kind of, you know, figure out the, the way to do it best in your life um, to apply those timeless truths. Mm -hmm. I mean, and the cool thing about it is the timeless truths don't change. They They're don't. timeless. Yeah. And so like, I remember one time, our previous senior pastor back when I was young, mm -hmm. uh, he gave a message that I'll never forget. I was talking about priorities and he was talking about how God first, mm -hmm. then your family, mm -hmm. then your church, yeah. then your work, yeah. then your personal finances. And, and even for me within the family, it would be, you know, spouse first and yeah. then kids and, and yeah. then, you know, extended family. And so that helped me because mm -hmm. like, Whenever I have the question of what do I choose, work or, you know, Emma? Yeah. It's never a question. Yeah. It's so easy for me to make that decision. It it's is. literally not even difficult. Yeah. A yeah. lot of people would be like, man, I feel so guilty. I know. But I'm just like, no. And then I go hang out with, with my wife, you yeah. know? And that's because I've gotten a timeless truth. Yeah. And you know what? I've never regretted that. You don't. I haven't had a single time where I'm like, man, I wish I'd chosen work. I know. I wish you know? I'd put in more hours um, instead of investing in my family. Okay, next question. What is a simple way to start being intentional with how I live? I think really the number one way you can start to be intentional is kind of pick your schedule. Mm. I think one of the most simple things people can do is discipline themselves to have a schedule. And I'm not saying it's going to be perfect, but have kind of that ideal week, that ideal time. When do I go to bed? Mm -hmm. When do I get up? You know, if you just start with that, where I want to be in bed by 10 o'clock mm -hmm. and you make that a habit, what you're doing is it's a little win and you get that little win. And then the next day you're going to wake up a little more refreshed. You're going to have a better day. And when you start putting more of those together, maybe the first week you only do it two times, mm -hmm. but then the next week you do it three times and then the next week, four times. And you start to implement that. You get better at doing it. You get good at that. Then you can move on to the next one. Yeah. And I think, I think just bringing a little bit of discipline to your life really helps you add that discipline to the other areas. And discipline is what it takes to really, if you're going to implement values and priorities, you're really picking and you're really disciplining your own life. Yeah. And I love what you said about starting with one thing mm -hmm. because you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Don't start. Don't try to fix everything. Yeah. Just one thing. Mm -hmm. And then, then start moving ahead from there. Yeah. I think you talked about the time element of it. I'll talk about the objective element of it. Mm -hmm. If 
before you go to bed, before you get ready for bed, you pick the top two or three things you want to do the next day. Yeah. Well, then you get to start the next day with some intentionality and be like, hey, I'm focusing on these three things. This is what I'm doing at work. This is what I want to do with my family. This is what an adulting thing I got to get done. Yeah. These are my three. That right there can help you so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that I want to establish even more so in my life. Yeah. And then the final question, it's, it's important. Who would win in a fight? Between Rimuru from My Life Reincarnated as a Slime and Tornado from One Punch Man. Gosh, that's that's, that's a toughie. Because, um, I mean, you can really get into the weeds of each one's power and what they can do. I think overall, though, I think Rimuru, with his ability to, to what's the one called where he kind of sucks everything in? Um, gluttony. Yeah, his gluttony. Where, I think it changed to Beelzebub after they, after he upgraded. It may be where you know. I mean, he he ate the dragon. He ate the the demon thing, and and I just think it'd be hard for Tornado to beat that. Although, gosh, okay, I'm just gonna pick. I'm gonna say Rimuru, just because of that. Um, especially after his upgrade, mm-hmm. um, I would say I think he would win in a full battle. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with Rimuru as well because he has a great variation of powers. Yeah. Because yeah. for Tornado, her thing is she can control things with her mind. Yeah. And she is really good at it. She's a boss. Um, she's also, you know, it takes a lot, I think, to hurt her. But Rimuru's just, he's got so many cards up his sleeve. Yeah. And I think in the long term, like, my dude doesn't even need to sleep. He doesn't technically yeah. need to eat. And yeah, so if they, if they were just locked in an even battle for an extended period of time, yeah. Tornado would eventually reach her limits. Yeah. Whereas Rimuru is just, he would still be, he's able just to go. chilling. Yeah. That's a good point. So I hadn't thought of that. I think he would outlast her. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and that, that would be the key right there. If he could survive long enough to where she gets tired. Yeah. He's, he's got it. In he the would bag. win. That's true. Yeah. These, see, these are the important questions <laughs> of life. The that we get to discuss of life. in the Hey Dad podcast. But guys, thank you so much for joining us. That's all the time we have for today. If you want to send us any questions on Instagram or emailing us, please do so. We would love to hear from you and help you with anything that's going on in your life. But for now, we will see you in the next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Hey Dad podcast. If you enjoyed the episode today, subscribe so you don't miss any new content. We'd also love for you to rate and leave a review and help us get the word out to more people. If these talks are making your life better, we ask that you share them with someone else. If you have any questions for us or anything going on in your life you want an opinion on, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at questions at heydad.us or send us a message on our Instagram page at the Hey Dad Podcast. Join us next week. We'll have a chair waiting for you.